millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff. And I'm Brett. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Different this week. F- a fresh, a new yeah. start. A fresh uh-huh. start. I'm inside. It's daytime. You're uh-huh. in You're in a new location. <laughs> I'm incredibly close to a very hot radiator. And also this television could fall on the back of that, my head. That looks so like it's... It's perilous. That looks like it's teetering on the um, on the wall. What it is, is, what it is, is stuck on there with? Just blue tack. All right. Yeah. Okay. Then. Well. That's all our stick things with. <laughs> I would imagine the heat of the radiator is going to play havoc with that. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't positioned myself, you know, in, in the in the optimum place. But if I, if something does fall on my head, I look just like one of those footballers who are being interviewed outside when it's windy. <laughs> won't I? What, so they when put it, that when big it, board up. When the board them. flies at them. <laughs> 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 so I'll just look like that. Well, I know you. You know you're a, you're a danger man. You like the sense of uh, mm. mild peril. There's a chance that yes. it could all go tits up, and I'm sure that's by design. Uh-huh. Um, it is. Other things different today. I am very recently vaccinated. Well, well done against the coronavirus. That's, that's very good. In case you're uh-huh. wondering. Um, not against just general pox <laughs> not the pox um, I was going to get my yellow fever jab but didn't bother because uh, not necessary uh, so yeah I'm against the coronavirus well you've had your BCG haven't you uh, yeah I did. I don't know if it took <laughs> <laughs> why is that because you haven't got a, a huge bump on your arm yeah it, like it disappeared everyone else has got a big like lump haven't they and a mark where yeah. it was mine disappeared just... I think they did it too high I feel like they did it like on top of my shoulder when they did mine, but I don't know. I've got a little dent. I don't have a bump. I have a little dent where they they did it. Remember the scare stories? I assume it's for the pox. Remember the scare stories at school? Oh, you're going for your BCG. I know. People would try and put the shits up you. Remember the other one? The the, six pricks? Remember the six pricks? That was the tester for the BCG, wasn't it? (laughs) It was. The six pricks. I don't think you could do that in schools now. I'm not sure. We'll call it the six pricks. Mm-hmm. Probably not allowed. <laughs> Probably not. Um, so, yeah, newly vaccinated. And also, we might have some listeners listening to a fresh episode for the first time because um, we ended up, thanks to people 
nominating uh-huh. us and uh, one fella in particular, our our good pal of the podcast, Davey Hall, um, mm. put us forward for um, Guardian. We're doing a list of 50 funny podcasts to keep your spirits up during lockdown or something like that. A typically long-winded headline from the Guardian anyway. And, uh, and we got in it. I think we did. It wasn't ranked, which is well. It's good to point out because we were forty seventh <laughs> in the list. <laughs> For, I thought we were forty fifth. Ah, okay. To be honest, we moved up. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped scrolling when I got there. You stopped doing <laughs> that, did you? <laughs> yeah. So that's good, isn't it? Very do you, good. Do you think? Um, do you think that means we're, we're funnier than Jesus? Because um, he wasn't on the list. Yeah, he was wasn't he? on the list, was he? Like he's, no. I've, I've heard he was a bit of a bore anyway. Is he? Because he'd definitely have a podcast, wouldn't I he? I know, Jesus. but he always, he's just always trying to do tricks. And, you know, it's like when, you, <laughs> when, you're, when you're at a wedding or something and there's somebody coming around trying to do card tricks and that, and you're just yeah. like, fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, man, Jesus. <laughs> I think you'd get right on me tits at a wedding anyway. Do you think? <laughs> I don't think, think you would. would. I think he'd be rather I mean, entertaining. You know, but you know what? He definitely would do well on Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> he'd, be, <laughs> he'd get beat in the final off just a bunch of singing kids, though. And kids then who can throw each other up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. So, yeah, that was, that was very that good. Was so, good. thank you for everyone we, putting more forward for Yeah, that. and thanks to everyone who's listened since then, because we've had, uh, mm-hmm. well, well, loads. Um Millions, yeah. millions, and millions, millions of listeners since yeah. then. Yeah, I know you don't have access to the data, so you won't know no. how wrong that is. But um, yeah, we've had lots I, of listeners. I can guess then. it might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, you caught us out. It's not millions and millions. <laughs> it's just the one million. Just the one, no, one, one million. lot of millions. will <laughs> do. <laughs> um, so, if anybody's listening for the first time today, or the first time this is a new one they've listened to, um. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you mm-hmm. stick around for more than this. Um, we are collectively Brett and Cliff. Uh, one in South Shields, one from South Shields, but in Dubai. And we talk about all kinds of stuff like films and that. Uh, I've, I've been watching a few things. I watched uh, with my son. I watched Carlito's Way, which Ooh. is amazing. Yeah, it gets, gets better every time I watch it, that film. It's a, it's a brilliant one. And then he wanted us to watch uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Right? Any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I presume it's exactly like I would imagine it to be. It's ex- it has exactly the same plot as uh, as Batman versus Superman, which was obviously <laughs> a fantastic success, wasn't it? And everybody loved. So they've decided to copy the exact plot. Just don't bother watching it. That's oh, why. No. That's I why I'd say. I, I don't think I will. And yeah. Uh, no, and I watched the football with uh, England last week, and uh, Phil Foden's a good player, isn't he? Uh, he's uh, excellent. And, and <laughs> a very handsome man. But there is something I've noticed about Phil Foden, and that his eyebrows have got a mind of their own. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the place. His That's eyebrows. how he, the defenders are confused when he's approaching them. They don't know what he's doing. <laughs> He, he's looked surprised, confused, just, at different he, times, he, all of them. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> all in the same movement. Yeah. It's, that's uh, that's why they're bamboozled. Nothing to do uh-huh. with his leg, with his feet skills. Can you remember, like, in the 90s when people used to put a line in the eyebrow 
Cool yeah. people, obviously. Yeah, holy Either shit. that or people in boy bands. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I think I think he's doing that kind of stuff, and it's <laughs> it's doing them for him because he's eyebrows. One of those. Uh, remember those things where you had a magnet and iron filings when you had to make like big eyebrows. Yeah. I think that's on, somebody's um, acting acting the goat behind his face with one of them. No. <laughs> on iron filings, the the most dangerous. Thing in the universe, but perfect for a child's funny toy with about a face. <laughs> no, yeah. no. The, the teachers used to always be on uh, on tender, didn't they? <laughs> when the iron filings came out, yeah. more so than the Bunsen burners, they were fine with them. I don't know how well, to be honest, my uh science class at school wasn't allowed the Bunsen burners after a while. Well, they're not. So, did you did everybody leave the gas taps on? Uh, for a laugh. Um, <laughs> for a laugh. <laughs> um, I think that, that I just used to try and when people weren't looking, I would melt the pens into different shapes and stuff like that. Like uh, nothing I totally would. dangerous, just just daft laugh. Just <laughs> um, just a bit of arson. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't going on fire. They were just being melted. <laughs> they were just melting. Is there a term for that? Half know. arson. Half arson. Half about. arson. Half arson. <laughs> Yeah, Kev, do you think uh, Rod Stewart and Bonnie Tyler are the same person? I've never seen them together. No. But one's Welsh and one's Scottish, but is also English at the same time. (laughs) Definitely not Scottish, is he? What's all that about? I don't know why he's he's successfully convinced the entire world that he's Scottish. I know. And if anybody who's heard him speak will just know... He's absolutely not. He's never set foot in the place. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Scottish people should just reject him. That's what I think. <laughs> Completely reject him because he's he's selling the porks, isn't he? Another like a, thing, like Cliff, a bad transplant. Yeah. Would you like a, a fact out me fact book? Yes, go on then. I've been looking forward to it. Right. I, I know you have. You need to pick a, a number between one and three hundred and fifty-three. Ooh, 181. Ooh, 181. Mm. Right. Let's see where we've got. Oh, you got there quite quickly. Well, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> I'm nearly there, though. Nope. Yeah. Here we go. Right. There's four. A quarter of unmarried Japanese 30 year olds are still virgins. <laughs> Okay. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> a quarter of unmarried Japanese 30-year-olds. Are still virgins. Why Who's so doing, why is anybody doing that uh, survey? Know. I've got no idea. Pick, pick another number. 37. 37. A sparrow's fart is slang for very early in the morning. <laughs> Was there up. you go with the fun facts. Okay, that's it, is it? Two facts. <laughs> that's right, that's okay. it. You don't want any more facts. I love than items that, that just have two parts to them. Seems like a really good number of things. Two owls. Two owls. Two owls, of course. <laughs> um, we're not here to talk about owls today, though. We're here to talk oh, we're about the 1984 film Beverly Hills Cop, starring Eddie Murphy. Indeed. Yes, yes. Your and pick. You wanted one. to do it. Tell us why. I- the, uh, the reason I want to do it is, uh, as a kid, I just loved Eddie Murphy, and it was a very strange thing that I kind of loved him as soon as I saw him, and I'm sure this was the first film I saw him in. Um, 
he was he's just absolutely amazing in this film i think and the, the film's like quintessential if you want to find an 80s film i think you, this is the one it's got everything in there hasn't it it's got like mm-hmm. the fashion it's got music mm-hmm. it's got all that kind of stuff i think it's the, so as a kid, it's the blueprint for 80s like buddy cop comedies action 80s action yeah like comedy action uh-huh. so many films that came after it yeah. that are just because of this yeah yeah, I think so. Like, I think so. And it just, it, it always stuck with us as a kid. It was just one that I loved. And like I say, I, I loved Eddie Murphy as soon as I saw him. He was, he was just great. Just a magnetic actor and a funny guy. He was when, brilliant. How old do you think you were when you what saw him? What about you? Have you seen it? How uh, old do you think you were? It would have been on the, yeah, it would have been on the TV, I think. I would have caught it on the TV. So it would have been heavily edited, you know, a lot of the swearing. <laughs> Would have been taken out, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Probably seven or eight, something like that. What? I would say inappropriate. So. Not maybe not so inappropriate. Get the fuck was... out of here! <laughs> it would have been get the flip out of here. It's probably like <laughs> the, the quintessential TV version, like swear swear versions, isn't it? <laughs> That's where they uh-huh. all came from. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I'd think I watched this when I was about fourteen, and I've never seen it again right. until two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, why was that? What, didn't your parents allow you to watch uh, eighteen certificate films or something? <laughs> no, not when I was little. So I would have watched it like at a mate's house when we were teenagers, like young mm-hmm. teenagers. Because obviously, if I was any older than that, we would have been in a park uh, playing football yeah. and or drinking. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, we uh, I would have watched it then. In fact, I think I probably would have seen Beverly Hills Cop two first. Because that was more recent, and uh, yeah. then watched this one after, and I probably also saw Raw, the stand-up before this, because one of the lads used to mm-hmm. have that, and we used to watch that a lot, and that was very rude for a thirteen. It was incredibly rude. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't allowed to watch that. Me, I remember my uncle had it on uh, on tape on VHS, <laughs> and uh, and I wasn't allowed to watch Raw. Or Delirious, I don't think. I wasn't allowed to watch Which one? I that, think it was so. Delirious was the one, friend had. Raw is the second one, right? In the blue suit. Delirious was the red suit one. Red, yeah. That's uh-huh. the one. That, um, it's, none of those jokes would be allowed now in that, in that nope. stand-up special. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I watched a little bit of it uh, yesterday, I think. And no, none of those no, jokes and, would and be honestly, allowed. And honestly, like, the last time I watched it, as a 13-year-old in a very different early 90s place, I used to mm-hmm. think it was, like, hilarious. Also because mm-hmm. he was saying stuff that you weren't meant to say, but you probably didn't understand all of the jokes. Last time I tried to watch it, I remember thinking, yeah, this is, like, it's just offensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, Eddie Murphy is funny. The way he delivers mm-hmm. everything is mm-hmm. funny. But the yeah. jokes are like, ooh. No, I, was, uh, no, like, I, didn't, no, I definitely... couldn't watch the full thing because... I was uh-huh. like, no, nah, it's not on, really. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's, it's definitely of its time, isn't it? That, but this film, I don't think there's, there's anything offensive in in Beverly Hills. You know, Cop, I think though, there's a little bit like there's some kind of camp talk that probably would upset people now, but it's, it doesn't go but, but, too far, I think. That is one of the funniest parts of the film. Okay, it absolutely is one of the funniest parts of the film. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, the way he just kind of switches characters. Yeah, and, I think that you know, shows how what a kind of genius he was at the time. Just young. Yeah, I don't know if he's a genius at the time, but it's 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 young, like 
just fearless fearlessness yeah. i think is what he's got in this film he's, he's like, so yeah. dynamic and like you say he's you know he's when he's checking into the hotel and he's on about being the mm-hmm. rolling stone journalist and he's trying <laughs> to get into the restaurant and all that kind of stuff it's it, it's yeah. just it's superb like you say those switching between the characters and the voices and stuff like that it, and the fact that it That's was kind of all ad-lib because the script was yeah. so messed up after three or four different rewrites and stuff mm-hmm. i just think is like just i mean would anybody else even try to pull it off i don't know it's just the confidence is is insane it was written originally for sylvester stallone um and can you imagine sylvester stallone doing that kind no of i don't of I, that it wasn't necessarily that was it it was written like about six years earlier um well it was it was written specifically for stallone i think that's what no, I, read. I think no it was written and then stallone was like I'll have a go at that, but I'll rewrite it because obviously... Yeah, he, well, he used to always into his rewrites. It needs stuff, to be exactly like every other film I've ever in. Um, yeah. And then they were like, it's not funny anymore. It's like you destroying everyone. Uh-huh. So I think yeah. there was a couple of there's rumours that he left because of the disagreement over Orange Juice, but I think it was yeah. really that he... Uh, the rewrite mm-hmm. that he had done wasn't really what the producers and what the director, which again, there was loads of different directors attached to it, wanted. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of like, it, it just kept fizzling out all the time before Martin mm-hmm. Brest and Eddie Murphy yeah. got on board. Do you know, uh, see no, what yeah. you like about Martin Brest? He's got his knockers, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, the thing is about this film as well, is you're right in what you're saying because it did go through loads of loads of rewrites and stuff like that. And Eddie Murphy's improvising most of the stuff that's in there, so he's just making it up on the on the fly. And that's mm-hmm. why certain characters are like pinching themselves and grabbing themselves yeah. in the film, trying yeah. not to laugh and stuff. But he just makes the film, doesn't he? If because if it wasn't for him, the plot is okay, but it's not brilliant, is it? Yeah. But so it's because like Eddie Murphy's water, in there. Yeah, but because Eddie Murphy's in there and he's like, you know, on top form and stuff like that, that's what makes the film. That's well, what I think drives it, the it film. is testament to him, and it was only the third film he was in. Um, mm-hmm. It's testament to him that really you can't imagine anybody else in this film. No. You can't imagine this film without it being him, or it's he's just he makes the film if if it wasn't yeah. him in it it wouldn't have been a success it wouldn't have influenced all the other stuff um and i think that's that's really like the testament to to him the, mm-hmm. the direction's okay the story's okay some of the other actors are okay but n- nobody is as good or and the film is only as good as it is because of Eddie Murphy and that's, it's, that's true. it's it is so so funny in it um, yes. I think there's only one other person is funny in it, and that is your man, Serge. Bronson Pinchot. Serge. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, is he is fantastic. good, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's excellent as well. The bit where they're going to the art gallery and stuff like that. It's, so, it, it's almost like he's just ad-libbing and making well, it up on the fly as well. I never thought about it before. So obviously I've seen the clips with Serge in over the years. I have watched bits and pieces of the film, but not the full thing. Uh-huh. And obviously Serge is like this kind of over-the-top French uh, art gallery lackey, really. He's not in charge. He's just like the man on the reception. And mm-hmm. totally different worlds to Detroit, streetwise, uh, wisecracking cop Eddie Murphy. Um, yeah. But <laughs> watching it this time, I thought Serge was 
pretending to be French and what and he wasn't French. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, yeah. I got the feeling that he was like probably like an American who wanted to be like this French art guy, and he was like <laughs> because he right. because his his accent and the words he's saying aren't French. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. they're just it's what, like what the cop is- of hello hello. <laughs> When, when you go to an Italian restaurant and they pretend to be Italian. Yeah, and when, really when you go to an like Italian Newcastle. restaurant in South Shields and they're going, hello, uh, mamma mia, welcome to your table. And you're like, yeah. like for a fact, there are no Italian people in South Shields. None. <laughs> no, there isn't. Apart from, apart from me and the Italian dwarfs. Yeah. from that. <laughs> That's the only thing. But yeah, that... that yeah. That is probably what it was like, and like when you watch that scene, it's like they're, they're both just making it up. Yeah, both, and, and they're both making each other laugh as well. It's so funny. Yeah, they definitely are. They definitely are. I love, I love that bit. But like I said, there's loads and loads of bits in it which are are really funny. Like things that stand out, it'll stand out in my head, or I'll remember, you know, forever. Like the the banana and the tailpipe thing. That's just. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, people talk about that, or it's in cartoons and stuff like that, but it's because of this film. (laughs) It's Uh because of this, and it was meant to be potatoes, apparently, at first, but but obviously that would have been a lot more difficult for him to just grab a couple of potatoes coming out of a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that type of stuff, it's just in there, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of pop culture, isn't it? Like, that's the thing. Definitely, yeah. So much of this film, so it, it tells the story of Axel Foley, a superb yes. name for a start. Brilliant um, name. A Detroit cop who uh, is working in like he's a he's a young rookie and he's pissing these bosses off because he doesn't play by the mm-hmm. rules, man. Um, and but he's working in like rough as balls, Detroit. And those clips at the beginning are like watching The Wire or something like that. It's not a comedy. Uh, the first twenty no. minutes or something, it's not really a comedy. You're watching like this hard bitten kind of Detroit cop thing, apart from he's yeah. charismatic. Um uh-huh. and then what happens is he's a kind of a bad influence old pal has got out of jail and comes to see him and uh, yeah. ends up getting murdered. Uh, it's, quite, is, yes. it's, well, it's quite shocking. Uh, it is. It gets murdered off the mic off Breaking Bad as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's uh, the fella of, uh, well, I've never seen Breaking Bad, but better call Saul. He's in better call Saul as well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the other thing about the start is the heat is on. It's a fantastic song. I love that song. It's amazing. Glenn Fry from the Eagles, who uh, who sings that one. I don't think he he wrote it or anything. It's co written Um, with Harold Faltermeyer. Who, yeah, so I think he had it, yeah. Who did the rest, the score for the film, which is mm-hmm. another thing that roots it in the 80s, but also makes it like total pop cool. culture. That, yeah. Uh, the Axel F song, which everybody will have heard, even if you've never seen the film, because uh-huh. it's just fantastic. Um, so, it is amazing. Yeah, so it opens with the heaters on, so it's these gritty scenes, but you've got this like proper 80s classic like yeah. anthem going. Um, uh-huh. And then, yeah, like uh, as it... you've got the the car chase at the start, amazing mm-hmm. as well, where these uh, Axel Foley's selling the cigarettes and stuff like yeah. that. He's saying, "I don't smoke these ones; I smoke kin size ones." <laughs> and then it, there's like this massive truck truck chase through where yeah. Detroit. That's absolutely amazing as well. So within the first five minutes, it's like a roller coaster of a film already, really, isn't it? Because you've got Eddie Murphy in there, like wisecracking and stuff right from the off mm-hmm. and you've got that song which just kind of gets you in the mood straight away mm-hmm. so it's 
some brilliant stuff for a film, I think. Like, then he ends up uh, basically because this fella has been killed and he's a bad one. Um, his boss tells him to leave it because he wants to. He wants to see like get the guys who've done it. And his boss is like, yeah. "Well, you shouldn't have nothing to do with this because I'm not even going <laughs> to go into why you're hanging around with this criminal." Um, and his his boss is great as well, isn't he? I'd say Gilbert R. Hill, who yeah, is so, actually a detective in real yeah, life. Isn't he? he is like the he's the other brilliant like yeah. kind of character and actor in this film, I think. But he, but yeah, it's a uh-huh. bit like that uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like uh, mm-hmm. drill sergeant is like he's actually sergeant, a real yeah. a real cop. Who, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, if that's what he was like at work, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it was excellent. I mean, I, he was he, he's an interesting character. This guy, I think, like, but uh, and I think they they just sort of found him. You know, the sort of picked up on the fact that he was a, a detective in Detroit at the time. Um, I think he went on to be like police of, uh, chief of police or someone like that in Detroit as well. So, yeah, he's the, the work really well them too, like Eddie Murphy and him. Yeah. Um, it's it's excellent that bit. I love that bit. But yeah, I mean another another thing that's that's we mentioned the music and stuff like that. So the music's great. Axel F. Immortally spoiled by the crazy frog. Would you say? That doesn't come into my mind. I'm not bothered about that. Is it not? Well, my son, he was at the at that age. He loved the Crazy Frog thing. He had the album, so you play that endlessly. One more. Okay. You've All just right, played right. one before, <laughs> and then, you know, with the fingers. I was listening to Crazy Frog and stuff like that when when my boy was smaller. <laughs> so definitely spoiled it a little bit for me, but it's still great. I mean, the the other things that it's inspired. I'll like a game called. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, mm-hmm. and that, it's just this. I mean, the mm-hmm. music in it and everything, and so it's gone out to inspire loads and loads of different stuff, and it's just ingrained in pop culture, like you said, isn't it? I think you know what spoils it for me. What? Judge Reinhold. He's <laughs> <laughs> good in the Santa Claus, though. I don't. I really, really do not like Judge Reinhold. <laughs> He's a strange man, isn't he? Is it, is it, I don't know how to take him, really. I know that's the it. thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I yeah. don't, I just can't get away. Like, in any film, I'm always a bit just wish it was somebody else. Like, <laughs> it's I, his I, eyes. I'm probably thinking, I wish it was Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are like all over the place, aren't they? Like, in loads of different directions. At I know the same he plays time. like I mean, the straight He's man, supposed but... to be like a rookie, though, isn't he? Like it was easily led and easily influenced by Axel Foley and stuff, but I just don't I think that's his character. I don't, I don't, he's the same character in everything. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I, what other stuff apart from this and the Santa Claus is he being in? He's in Vice Versa with Fred Savage. With a, oh my a, god! A classic body swap comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about that one. I forgot all about that one. <laughs> But, but he, yeah, he is one of those that's like synonymous with 80s films. But when you think about yeah. it, like there, there are already it. a handful <laughs> of things or the three Beverly Hills cops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's all he's, I can really remember him sort of being in. Uh, over the, the weekend, I watched uh, the sequels as well. Okay. I don't think I'd seen the third one all the way through, which is terrible. Is the it as one. bad like with this amount of distance behind it? Is it as bad? Yes, it is really cool. It's like setting a, a theme park and stuff, and um, I, I, it's not funny. And I, apparently, uh, Eddie Murphy was deliberately 
trying not to be funny in the film. Well, oh, that was that the accusation anyway. 15 years afterwards as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, I always enjoyed the second one as a kid. Um, I, I, I don't mind that. It's one. all right, and it's just it's the same yeah. kind of stuff. Not as good it's as like, this one. It's not quite as funny. It's not quite as good, yeah. but it's all right. It's the, it's the same stuff. Yeah. Um, Tony Scott did that one, directed that one, the second mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm, which I didn't did. realize. But that's the other thing I was kind of thinking of because you've just touched on it a little bit. Is like comedic actors and stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're very easy to sort of criticize, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Because everybody, there was a period there, you know, where everybody just said, well, Eddie Murphy's not funny anymore. You know, you can't do it anymore and stuff like that, which I don't know. I think it's a bit harsh. That, uh, I think, you know, I think he's trying to be more of a kind of straight at that time, isn't he? When those um, type of things what, are like which, leveled in up. which one? Uh, Naughty Professor Two. <laughs> no, not, not, the, not the kids one. <laughs> not the kids one. I'm talking about like uh, some of the. I think there was one that he directed, wasn't there? It was the Harlem Nights. I think mm-hmm. it was that one. Yeah, which, and he, you I know he was trying to be a bit more straight. Up. You couldn't be. Axel Foley in every film, could he? So you well, went on it. to be like the role. You know, he's a handsome fella, and also like you know, uh-huh. strong like young black man in Hollywood, like go on, go and be mm-hmm. the leading man, go and direct your own films. I just think it's strange because the, the people who tend to get it the most in Hollywood are like comedic actors, you know, like Steve Martin and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or Eddie Murphy, or child actors. They're the two that, that get the sort of stick, don't they, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I find. But like, where it's do they want them to go? Like, where situation. do people want them to go? I think that's the thing. Like, what do they yeah. expect them to do? Because if you just well, did Axel Foley a million times, people would have a go at him for just doing Axel Foley a million times. Um, yeah, they would. If, if the so kid got to move on, haven't they? So the film basically, he makes his way to Beverly Hills to try and find the guy who has ordered a hit on his like ne'er do well friend, which I don't yeah. think like really his, his mate was a bad guy. So it seems a bit weird that he was. Well, I've seen that, read, man. He, <laughs> he broke into his house. Well, that's just the, what, the, what they would do. I think well, there was those type of friends. Oh, where, you, you know, quite happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I thought his mate was all right. Um, obviously, he stole the bearer bonds, didn't he? Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the other, what happens is he goes to Beverly Hills. He's a fish out of water. Everyone's really square. Everything's really colourful. Everyone's really pretty. The buildings are all like big and shiny and fast cars, and he's got his beat up old car, and he's starting to make a nuisance of himself. He's not really meant to be working, but he keeps bumping into the cops and winding the LA cops up um, by basically yeah. trying to find out who's bumped his friend off. And lo and behold, he's a very powerful man. <laughs> Victor Maitland. Victor Maitland, yes, played by the superb Stephen Burkhoff. Yeah, who apparently hates this fellow. Well, really? but, but why? I mean, what Does else is he being in? A serious actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think he takes the piss out of himself a little bit, him, doesn't he? So I think, yeah, we can we can forgive him for that, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, right, if anybody hasn't seen this fellow, then why the goddamn hell not? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's need... a classic, isn't it? Just it it's an 80s interviews. classic. It is, it is. Um, and we don't normally talk about how much money things have made because we're not bothered, are we? But bother. this one, uh, I couldn't care less. <laughs> but this this one's like the, the third highest 
um, sort of R rated in the, in America, the Corliss, which is like a 15 or an 18 here, really. So this is like the third highest behind the Exorcist and the Godfather that's made. Oh, is it? The third most amount of money, yeah, okay. apparently so. But so that just shows, and for a film where Eddie Murphy's just running the whole thing pretty much by himself, yeah, that's I think that's pretty amazing. Me, like, yeah, um, I also like hold on, I also well, like uh, the, the scene where they're in the strip club and he's pretend to be drunk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that. really Philip! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> well, the hostility, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that, like that strip club scene is one of the one of the best bits of the film, I think. Um, but uh, it's just those like a lot of films are made up of these little clips that are the best, you know, are yeah. memorable. Um, uh-huh. And that's again what makes this is those clips where he's given like free reign to just do a bit, a bit more. Um, yeah. And like you say, there's bits like famous bits where he's improvised it, and the the other actors are like pinching mm-hmm. themselves so they're not laughing or you can see them trying to like they're like looking at the floor because they can't stop themselves from laughing and stuff like that the chief of police yeah. um in la is wandering around like hitting people with these documents and that's his script the production and the pre-production and everything was obviously a bit of a mess and mm-hmm. the fact that it managed to be such a classic all because not all because, but mostly because Eddie Murphy just ran the show and did his own yeah. thing and lifted it uh-huh. to this status. I think it's superb uh-huh. because, really, by all rights, it should have been an absolute mess given like how it should have been right. up it was in like bef- before it got off the ground. Yeah, I mean that just shows Eddie Murphy's talent, and the 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 thing is, is that that kind of shines through as you're watching the film. I think that's why I was so captivated by him as a kid. Because you could just tell that he's doing that, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. is him running the whole thing, and you can tell. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not subtle, is it? He's Another just, thing is when you not... when you watch it now, which I wouldn't have noticed, didn't notice, like when I was a teenager and watching it or whatever, um, how young he is in it. Great, great film, Definitely great does. music, Axel F and all of that, like just superb. Um, yeah. And anybody who hasn't seen it and should it, watch it. Definitely watch it, and if you haven't seen it in ages... Get it watched as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll find funny. somewhere where it's on. Yeah, it is really funny. So we'll find somewhere where it's on and put the link somewhere on my yeah. Twitter and, every, and things for everybody, I think. So the quiz this week is inspired by one of, uh, actually, Katie uh, Overy, who tweets and, and still still want to come on the show, but we haven't quite got round to do watching, wanting to watch Prisoner Cell Block H. <laughs> 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 she tweeted us the other day with a picture We'll have seen it. They used to have them in some of the pubs around Newcastle and the Northeast, like mm-hmm. a kind of black and white illustrated drawing of like pubs of the Tyne and Weir area. Um, oh, yes, uh-huh. yeah, you know what I mean. So she tweeted as I one do. of those. Um, and we had been to a hell of a lot of the pubs on it, and they're not all mm-hmm. that good, and some of them are awful, but you know, we could take a lot of them off a lot of times. So that inspired yeah. us for this week's quiz, which is right. The stories of the pubs of South Shields that we used to go in. Ooh, good. I like I like so, that. That sounds good. What I'm gonna do is give you the mm-hmm. name of a bar or a pub where we used to drink. Right. And uh-huh. I've written down something that we did or were involved in in that bar. <laughs> and you've got to tell us what the story, what I, what it is. Right. We'll start with you can tell me 
what mm-hmm. comes into my mind when I think of the pub porters? Does that be porters. story? Could just be what comes into your mind. Right. Um, is is it a certain type of dance that comes into your mind when is one of the you things. think of the is it is it the breakfast at uh, Tiffany's dance? It is the breakfast at Tiffany's dance by our <laughs> old friend McCann. Um, yes. <laughs> the breakfast at Tiffany's dance and also pink kangaroos, which we've mentioned on other podcasts. Yeah. Uh-huh. So well, I went there. Go on. Sorry, mate. Go on. No, I'm just going on. to try and explain, which is going to be impossible, what the yeah, Breakfast on, at Tiffany's yeah. dance is. So know, just, yeah. a, a lad we used to hang out with, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's was all over the radio and stuff when we were about 15, 16, when we first started going to this bar. And it was always on in any pub or anything we went to. And McCann, like, lovely lad, but he was a bit of, a, bit of an oddball. And he had uh-huh. this weird <laughs> dance that he used to do, get his little arms going. Uh, yeah. It was so funny. Um, so, yeah, that always reminds I hate that song as well, but it's the only thing uh, it's I, an can, awful song. I can bear yeah. is that the dance came out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it is an awful song. That was, I think that was the first uh, pub I think I ever went to in South Shields when I was 15. And yeah, the, so. the DJ was was on the on the mic saying, "Look at these kids in the corner, get them out." <laughs> what, what didn't didn't check well, right? They didn't check well. I mean, did and I did look fifteen as well. I don't know how I got in, but there you go. So mm-hmm. we there we go. But yeah, okay, one out of that. one. Um, number two, Hugo's slash Coast. Changed his name, Ooh. and I can't remember. Which incarnation it was that the story I'm thinking of was? Well, it could be loads because we used to drink in there all the time. But the, yeah. there was uh, we used to go there quite a lot on a bank holiday. Yeah. And uh, you you changed the words to the song "Butterfly," I think, in that uh, particular <laughs> pub. <laughs> that is one that always sticks out in <laughs> me head. Can I remember what you changed the words to? Uh, you sang it on another can, one of the first you... episodes we did. And I cannot. Yeah. I can't remember. So yeah, I think, and if anybody can remember that song, it was an okay song, better yeah. than Breakfast at Tiffany's. It I was, think. Who was it by? Like, something about a golf. Something like that. I'll be a golf you, caddy. You that was, that was... That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I am a golf caddy. <laughs> <laughs> Butterfly. I think it's something like you could play around. I'll be your golf caddy. <laughs> something like that. That's I don't know. Right, yeah. Anyway, that isn't what I had written down. Although I'll give right. you a half point because what I was thinking of was the time we got thrown out for changing the words or singing too vigorously to Limp Biscuits rolling about song. <laughs> <laughs> we were rolling about. I'm rolling, song, about. rolling about. I'm rolling about. Yeah. I'm rolling about. Um, so that was my not really grounds to throw you out, though, is it? That, well, that's shouldn't have put the song on, should they? About rolling about, yeah, exactly. They were asking for it, weren't they? They were asking for it. <laughs> uh, so number three, um, oh, what have we got here? The ginger giraffe. Uh, the ginger giraffe was a Thursday haunt, wasn't it? When, when oh, was it a Thursday? I think it was when they used to have a, a quiz on. Yeah, and the, I think there was one time where we had drunk far too many alcohol pops, mm-hmm. won the quiz, which mm-hmm. also gifted with more alcohol pops. Yeah, <laughs> was the, the name price. of the alcohol pop? No, I can't remember the, the name we of the alcohol pop. A crate of rage. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went out um, 
walked home, I guess, you know, on the coast. And the, the newspaper you worked for had loads of signs on the, the lamppost. So we stole them all. And I woke up the next day with many a gazette sign all around my bedroom. <laughs> Is that the story that you're thinking it was, of? It was, again, a half point. Um, I'll point out, I didn't work for them at the time because we were yeah, 16 or 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was... All on the way out after winning a creative rage, uh, Dan had his had his axe, I think, for the first time, and we were trying. To, <laughs> he brought out his axe. We were trying to chop up the, uh, the small, the miniature railway in Marine Park, trying to chop the tracks up with the axe, and there was sparks flying everywhere, and somebody called the police. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, isn't it? it that is, is that is really. I mean, bad. we wouldn't have been I able do... to do it with that yeah. blunt instrument, obviously. I don't think I should uh, confess to this, but um, I will anyway, because it, it was about 20 years ago, so I think I'll, I'll be all right. But um, there was this woman at Christmas who used to dress up. She was one of the first people to sort of dress up a, a garden, and she would have okay, yeah. like a, a Santa um and stuff like that, loads of lights and stuff like that outside. And people didn't really do stuff like that then. And me and the drunken Nobby stole Santa Claus's beard and hat. Oh. And apparently it was in the Gazette the next day that Hoodlums had spelled uh, I, I know which house it was as well, because it was the one on Bolden Lane, wasn't it? It was the one on Bolden <laughs> Lane, yes, it was. <laughs> What a bastard. So uh, whoever that lady, I'm sure she's listening. I apologise. <laughs> I don't have the, the beard and hat, but I will buy you a new one. I think you should I go. I apologise for me drunken beer. I think you should go and knock on a door and apologise. Never mind, do it over this. Just, uh, be a man. Well, no, I think this is this is enough. This is enough. <laughs> okay. If I'm apologising. Two yeah. left. This one is a bit daft, really, but Kirkpatrick's. What do you think about Kirk the pub, Kirkpatrick's? Oh, again, it was it was one of what, what haunts, but not during the day. I think we tried to keep away from it during the day, didn't we? I didn't like for it. some reason. It's too big. Probably because, yeah, probably because the odors would get you <laughs> during the day. I, I, I don't know. It's probably wrong, but I remember spending a lot of time on the quiz machine up the stairs on on uh, that <laughs> one, which yeah. I. What was it? A monopoly or something? There was it was a weird little bar like halfway up the stairs, wasn't it? Because it's a huge building. This um, that's right, yeah. Obviously, it was uh, like a school or something like that, I think. Um, and there was just like up this big flight of stairs halfway up. There was a little bar where so we used to get what trebles in there, didn't we? <laughs> Everybody on the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it was no, a it good machine, that, that one. It, my memory of that is, and it's not more of a memory, it's because I've got photographic evidence. We we tried right. to recreate the BG staying alive video. Yes. In that, uh-huh. around some, around, peeking around some corners. with. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm <laughs> sure we did that in every pub that we're well, I would do it every, every uh, window. Any, yeah. <laughs> every, any, any opportunity. We'd, we'd do the three BGs just peeping around the corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> so last that was one, a good one. Last one mm-hmm. is the lake where I used to work in Marsden and I used to live next to later. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Um, is it me and Tino getting thrown out of, of that particular pub for, for singing? Was it Cowboy Dreams who were singing? I think it was Lies, wasn't it? Was it oh, was it Lies? Lies! Yeah. 
Nice, yeah. Beaten so, and a beaten and a beaten and a beaten. Ain't no doubt it's A to C. And I yeah, remember the <laughs> bloke who ran it um, was like, this is bloody awful, lads. Like, get off. <laughs> and, uh, We're used to better singers than you, too. And I think he just kept going. And I remember yeah. he walked over and he just pulled the plug out of the machine in the microphone. <laughs> he did. And also, while Tino was singing the line, beating it and beating it and beating it, I was hitting him over the head with the microphone. Wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, beating it and beating it beating it. Also, not not even one of the lines in the song. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't nope, matter. I that's thought your we five, were good that's your five, anyway. Your five shields pumps. And <laughs> yeah, I like that. Various stories that came out with them. So that was good. That was good. It was. But you, you, I thought you were going to mention the wood hog, and I thought you were going to talk about the geography teacher who we used to sit next to. <laughs> no, we mentioned him before. <laughs> no, we talked about him before, have we? <laughs> Yeah, play Buckaroo with this sleeping geography teacher. <laughs> touch the touch the cloth with him. We used to play touch the cloth. We got I remember I got yes. through out that bar in uh, York for playing touch the cloth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, it's, well, at least we're mature now, and we don't behave in such ways. No, no, we would never do anything like that. Um, no. So, so I'm sure our. Uh, compadre simulacrum lab will be delighted to be so closely linked to those puerile stories but uh, <laughs> music this week comes again from simulacrum lab who we've had on the show before um yeah we had a, a song with cody carpenter previously mm-hmm. when we were yes doing, we did uh, what, what film are we talking about then uh, we're talking about Escape from New York, That's I think, right. wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, the first it was, John yeah. Carpenter one that we're talking about. So, yeah, it, I saw you talking to him about this song, so do you want to fill people in on what it is that we're playing? Yeah, uh, this song's called Norris, and uh, I know that uh, he's a, a big uh, John Carpenter fan as well, so I assumed it was about the character Norris in The Thing, but it wasn't. It's kind of <laughs> Chuck Norris, I guess. Um, so it's this song is about those 80, 80s films, action films, the canon films mm-hmm. um, of the time that he really likes. And, and who doesn't like those? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, it, yeah. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. And it's featuring uh, Gil Manoni, who I presume is playing <laughs> the guitar on it, which is the most 80s sounding guitar ever. Um, it is. Honestly, it's such a fantastic song. Thank you again for sending it over and letting us play it. Um, mm-hmm. Hope everybody has enjoyed the episode. Daft Stories, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy Worship and all. Oh, before we go, quick update on the bird. Still hasn't moved. Yes. Still hasn't hatched any eggs. So no, no real change there. I think she's getting increasingly sadder as the days go on. Um, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs with that is, bird, isn't it? It is, but I don't have the heart. I mean, I can't I can't explain it to her. Obviously, never mind. Don't have no. the heart to. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. If it's your first time listening, or your first time listening to a new show of ours, we hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll listen mm-hmm. again. Um, you can find us on Twitter at F Circus Pod. Uh, we have a Facebook group. A few people joined that this week. We asked yeah. questions on there about horror films that you might want us to talk about so what mm-hmm. i think i'm going to do is put a poll out on the ones that were popular and we'll right. do one of them next time or the yeah. time after um mm-hmm. 
So what I'd say, if, if anybody new is listening, don't be frightened to get in touch with work because we're always happy to have a chat on the Twitter and, and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. don't hesitate and we'll, we're happy to, to talk to new people and things like that. So we'd welcome well, you. We'd welcome friendly. your input. Yeah, we'd love your input. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're playing us out. Simulacran Lab featuring Gil Manoni with Norris. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a pleasure, Brett. Take care, and until next week, bye, bye, bye. Bye. On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.